All right, everyone. I hope you guys are doing well. So today on the LVG podcast, I have Miss Chelsea all the way from Arizona. And finally, I got her. I finally, I finally, I finally got her. It took a year <laughs> and a half to schedule this podcast, but I got her. Oh my gosh. Hi, everybody. How are you today? I'm Chelsea. <laughs> I'm good. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> doing well. So basically, the backstory was we were supposed to have a podcast a few months ago, and we thankfully reconnected again, and we finally got it. So uh, so finally, excited to finally get this podcast uh, in the books. Yeah, me too. I'm super excited. Glad it all worked out after a few months or yeah. a year and a half, as you said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no worries. No, <laughs> it was exaggerated. <laughs> how is uh, so? How you're in Arizona now, correct? Yes. How long you been yeah. there? Uh, been here about three years now. I'm in um, in college right now, studying at Arizona State. So. Okay. Just here for school. Got you. And in my third year. In your third year. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. And you're originally from where? California. California. The San Diego uh, area. Oh, word. Uh, there's some people in the community that I know that have been on the podcast that live in your area, I think. Oh, really? Uh, I was born kind of near like the Poway area. Okay. Sort of Southern San Diego. And then okay. I went to school like in the Riverside County. In, oh, uh, high school yeah I know someone uh, uh and I'll tell you in a moment the project we're working on I know someone her name is uh Yvette she's a self-published author and she lives there in Riverside oh nice that's awesome yeah, super sweet super cool um yeah. so what are you studying there in Arizona I'm studying justice studies and then I'm getting a minor in fashion and a certificate in disability studies which I'm super excited about Wow, that's a lot. So wait, let me <laughs> unpack that for a minute. The first, the first major was just like we're talking about like criminal justice or? Yeah, it's pretty broad. They, My advisor kind of told me after I switched that most people studying with that major are going to criminal justice or law, but that's not really what I'm going for. Okay. But it's, it's pretty broad. It's kind okay. of going over like social justice issues yeah. and the history of it and um anything from gender sexuality race um just yeah all those like current and past movements um so it's really really cool and relevant to be learning about all that nice awesome yeah my my degree was in uh political science i went to oh uh, nice i went to uh in north carolina i'm here in north carolina now for labor day weekend oh what part i'm in charlotte now Okay, my my parents just moved close to Raleigh. Oh, great. <laughs> it's so it's crazy. Great. You know, it's, yeah. it's crazy because it's like, um, well, since the pandemic, a lot of people left New York, New Jersey. A lot of people from the West are moving here. And it's, I think, you know where, where it happened? I used to date someone and she used to be an intern for CNN, right? And she was like in a democratic convention or whatever. And mm-hmm. I think when that happened, it put Charlotte on the map because no one knew Charlotte like that before. And when mm-hmm. people saw what it was, because it is like a mini metropolitan city, it, it just blew up. Like the rent is crazy here. And on a lot of, and there's a lot of great houses, a lot of great real estate. I think they're building out more. So congrats to your family for moving on here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They really like it so far. Definitely different than California, but. <laughs> but the traffic is better. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> nice. And then you said fashion. Yeah. Yeah. So I originally got into ASU as a fashion major. And then 
I switched over like four times, I think, but um, <laughs> I've always kind of been interested in fashion and I knew that I wanted to incorporate it into whatever career I went into. And so if it wouldn't end up being my major, I still wanted to minor or get a certificate in it uh, just to kind of utilize that creative outlet within me to use in whatever I'm wanting to do. And um, I feel like fashion is super interesting in that it's the one, I guess, there are many outlets, but it's one outlet where you can really express yourself like anywhere you go, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of what you choose to wear and the freedom within it. And I feel like also, I guess, um, for kind of tying it into visual impairments and just any sort of disability at all, um, accessible clothing and accessible fashion is really up and coming. Mm-hmm. Um, even like, DEI in fashion, so diversity, equity, inclusion in fashion. I actually took a class on that last semester. It was like my favorite class of all times. Um, and then social aspects in fashion. So it was just kind of tying in social issues um, to the fashion industry. And there's this one um, like company is called the Two Blind Brothers. If you ever heard of it, yeah, I do follow. Them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just, I think it's really, really cool for me to kind of make, have that connection between something that I'm personally experienced on the daily and just kind of have my own uh, understanding of living with a visual impairment and then seeing that tie over into a field that I want to go into or mm-hmm. tie into whatever career I go into. So just kind of seeing that up and coming trend of the inclusion within fashion, I feel like is really inspiring for me as someone who's studying it, but also for others who are, you know, consumers and people who are looking at the fashion industry and as inspiration and, you know, X, Y, and Z. Because it, it, it can be definitely toxic at times, I would say. It's something that I'm definitely learning in my justice studies major, just about, um, you know, the negative influence that society has on us. But if we really kind of, dig deep and um, choose where we're kind of focusing to look at within society so per se um, you know the up-and-coming trends of DEI in fashion in uh, technology and you know anything that you're maybe interested in there are benefits and growth in every aspect of life right now so it's just kind of where you're putting your focus um, in society and in the world is what you'll get out of it basically. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. that's awesome. Let me, let me unpack uh, a few things that you said. You said, that, <laughs> um, first of all, yeah, the two blind brothers, I've been following them for a minute and it's great with that, what they're doing, you know, because I know they're adding the braille into the tags and stuff. And, and it's really mm-hmm. awesome that, um, that they're doing that. And then, yeah, I have been seeing more brands coming out, smaller brands. I think, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe there was a bigger brand that started to add Braille to their shirts, to their clothing. I feel like they're starting to do that. Um, I can't remember who it was. I could have mm-hmm. sworn I, I, I saw a big brand, but it wasn't like a high-end brand, but it was like, it was, it was pretty well known. You mentioned, okay. you mentioned that, I'm not sure what you were referring to. Was it the fashion, but you said it could be negative or toxic at times? 
Yeah, I was just, I guess, tying in. Um, I was kind of going towards the fashion industry, which also is the modeling industry oh. and, um, you know, name brand stores and um, luxury brands, all that kind of stuff. But I feel like, I guess that this kind of ties into society as a whole. Um, every aspect of society has some toxicity within it. Um, but I think I would just, getting at it depends on where your focus is at um is what you'll get out of absolutely um i personally like the fashion industry um and the only reason why because my mom was a huge consumer and Mm -hmm. and i hate the malls to this day like i hate (laughs) and um but yeah no i personally like it like for example i i I, I don't know if you have a favorite brand, but I, I what I mostly like about some of these high-end brands is like the history of, of a lot of them. Like um, Louis Vuitton bags, I don't really care for wearing the Louis Vuitton for the sake of wearing it, but I do love the quality of those mm-hmm. bags. Like I do, one of my goals, hopefully by the end of this year, next year was like to buy like a briefcase, like a, a guy's briefcase Louis Vuitton bag. Mm-hmm. And I know it's money. I know it's like three or six grand or something because I looked at it. And the only reason why I would justify that is because I know that shit would last for like forever. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, and, and that's the only reason why, and I appreciate it. And then I also appreciate how Louis Vuitton, um, he was just, uh, from what I remember reading about it, where um, he was just a seamstress. He just was really good with leather goods. And then he kind of, he was like working at a shop and kind of like how Tesla and Edison, and then he branched out, did his own thing. And then some, some um, uh, socialites, uh, we're wearing his stuff and then it just got really big and and that's nice you know because people he was just a humble individual was just really good at his craft and and people mm-hmm. just appreciated the quality and so I do like it I, I I agree sometimes like some people my sister for example works for Chanel here in Miami and she was telling oh, nice. me this this lady comes in looking for like something on a vacation I don't know like she's something and then like no we don't have that it's not in season and then what you know mm-hmm. and then she asked well what else do you have and this is a smart salesperson. She goes, well, by the way, we have this necklace here. It's gorgeous. It's pretty, blah, blah, blah. There's no prices anywhere. And then if she goes, rings her up. All right, it's a hundred grand. Okay, fine. Here you go. And then, <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, <laughs> and then it's like, um, <laughs> but you know, I understand. Uh, so there's that. And um, I appreciate the fashion. I like it. I think it's great. And and I do like, and you're right, because uh, visually impaired, we are consumers at the end of the day. I think we're, we're uh, disabled, or I don't know how big our community is in terms of vision, but we are, I would like to say that we're a big consumer to the point mm-hmm. where it's it, like like the two brothers, those individuals, they're technically taking a market share because they're, you know, like the, how many, for example, blind people would love to coordinate their clothes, but they can't because they don't know Mm -hmm. yeah and that's like important so yeah i i'm totally with it so cool so (laughs) oh and then by the way so growing up me and my sister we used to watch uh project runway i admittedly that was Uh like uh yeah i do like that yeah it's great because like i admire the talent and the patience and the creativity Mm -hmm. creativity people can have making that yeah it's just amazing. It's just, I just admire that so much. Yeah. And I I didn't mean, I wasn't trying to come across as like, oh, the fashion industry is toxic. So obviously I'm, 
studying it and I'm passionate about it. Um, And I think that the more that I've learned about it is the more I've really understood and seen the other side that a lot of consumers don't see, which is kind of the heart and meaning behind these collections, these designers, these brands. Um, And, you know, whether it be like, this designer got inspired by his mother and, you know, he wants to kind of tie down like woman empowerment and inclusivity and uh, feminism, like into his collection, like just really inspiring and like specific um, details within these collections and within these brands that I feel like make, just make it so much more intriguing and can create a connection to the consumer um and so i think that kind of goes with anything nowadays it's kind of looking at the deeper side of things and kind of looking internally um to kind of get um or kind of understand more and connect more versus just looking at an external point of view yeah no i completely understand like um i used to work at high-end retail stores back in the day and I would talk with these people. And, and when I mean these people, like, I get it. Like, I get the conversations. And I, I like, I remember I used to pretend so hard, like, I, like, I care. And I was like, I don't, I don't really care. I don't, I don't know. I just don't. But mm-hmm. I understand, like, um, um, I, I get the whole, the whole scene that it has, but I also get the, how art and how amazing it is. For example, like my mom, we were thinking about, I don't know if you've seen it, like, um, there's a, an online class called Masterclass. Yeah, I have. You have? And then they finally introduced Ann Winters in there. Uh-huh. Ann Winters, who's, uh, you know Ann Winters? I think I've heard of her. <laughs> the uh, chief editor of Vogue. Oh, oh yes. Okay. <laughs> where uh, the Devil Wears Prada was made out of her. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, bro, the, like that would be so cool to have a class, like hear this woman talk and like, because she she tried to go to fashion school. <laughs> And she dropped out and she has this famous quote. It said, she said, either it's, it's fashion, either you got it or you don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's but, funny. Yeah. So like my mom was like asking me, would I uh, go half with her to do that class? Because there's other things in there, but nice. Yeah. Um, and then you said your third thing was your third major, <laughs> minor, minor of the minor. What was it? Yeah. <laughs> A certificate. Okay. For, for what? On- disability studies oh word nice yeah. and what is that like what do you do with that um it's pretty new to asu actually it's in like its second or third year um but it's just kind of i guess kind of like justice studies just looking at different aspects of disability rights and the history of it and um different movements um also even looking at like the um like ADA and all these new kind of like rehabilitation and um, law laws that have been passed to just get more rights for those with disabilities. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just kind of pretty broad as well. Um, but just kind of looking at disability justice and advocacy and other classes like that. So got you. Well, that's yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. it's it's such a broad it's it, it's such a broad. Um, because there's because you know first of all there's so many different disabilities and they can qualify for so many different things Mm -hmm. and um there's a project that i'm working on with other people i'll tell you in a moment but um for example i've always felt um 
like you know like i know there's laws in place that would protect people from being discriminated it happens um there was someone in our community we we have a chat um she had an interview right and she uses a cane to navigate mm -hmm. right and then she asked in the group chat hey should i bring my cane to the job interview and that sucks that she had to ask mm -hmm. that to take it yeah. she doesn't want to feel she doesn't want to give the impression that she's not capable but because of a cane you know mm -hmm. and yeah. and then, and at the end of the day the the interviewer is not going to say oh i can hire you and and i really do feel like it's not so much about um whether you're capable or not i really do feel like it's about um the onboarding like the hr person because it mm -hmm. is a lot of paperwork that they have to do to onboard you do you need any special accommodations what screen do you need and from my experience, I've been very fortunate to meet some people, well, from my experience, that my skill levels were so high that they made room and accommodated for me because I can, I did this, right? So, mm -hmm. so I really do feel like it depends on the hiring manager because some people just don't want to deal with it, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It just all kind of comes down to the company itself and the people working there um, and their willingness to be inclusive and accommodating for sure. And it's hard for me to say that, but it's, I feel like that's true. Like they can't say outwardly, I don't want you because X. It's really like, I'm already working 40 hours a week. I got to manage another person that needs more attention now. Uh, do, you know, like if I, you know, like some people would take on this role if they, okay, let me, let me, let me, you know, I could see the asset or not or whatever. So I've had those conversations with some HR people privately and they're like, yeah, it's really about the onboarding work, which is a mess, which is something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely needs some improvement for yeah. sure. <laughs> so, um, let, so let's start with, um, almost every guest that I have here has a, uh, vision limitation. What, what's yours, if you don't mind me asking or the name of it? Yeah. So my vision um, ties into a whole, uh, like genetic condition that I have super, super rare. It's like less than one in 1 million females have it. So oculofaciocardiodental and the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, it's, <laughs> I think in a few years ago, there were like less than 70 cases documented. So very very rare um but in there it's kind of has a spectrum within it as well um there are less extreme cases which kind of falls into mind and then there are extreme pretty extreme cases that have a whole bunch of symptoms and connections um just with every aspect of that disorder um but for the oculo side of it um I'm completely blind in my right eye, so no vision in that. And then my left um, has some vision, but with a really high-powered contact and with a lot of surgeries. So mm -hmm. I've had, like, I think before my first year, uh, just before I turned one, I had, like, 20 surgeries just for my eyes. And I've only had about five since then. Um, but, yeah, so... I have pretty stable vision in my left eye, but <clears throat> completely blind in my right. 
I think I saw a video. Well, first of all, first of all, here, uh, <laughs> serious question, funny question. When, okay. like, um, I think if I was seven years old, I don't think I could pronounce the condition you have. <laughs> I, mean, like, uh-huh. I think I probably would have a made up, uh, super like slimmed down version of the name. So, so when you were young, do you remember always labeling, I have this name? thing or did you or did you uh use that as the late to 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 let people know this is what i have or you just said oh i have a vision impairment or something so i only found out i had that um when i was nine i think when nine okay. years old Got yeah it. so before then if people would ask i would just kind of be like oh i have a lazy eye or oh. like just kind of brush it off be like I i'm fine yeah, <laughs> nothing's I, wrong i got you so, I, yeah yeah. How do you say that? Yeah, thing? and I also oh, it's oculofacio cardio dental OFCD. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun one. Yeah. Tongue twister. Oh yeah. Um, so let me start from the beginning. So you were diagnosed with it early on, uh, by the age of one, you said you had about 20 eye surgeries. Yes. And then got it. And then, so in our community, I noticed we have three things that are diff- are challenging for us. Uh, not impossible, just challenging if anybody's watching. It's always been academics, uh, employment, and and the other one has been like um, like friendship or, or, or love or, because, you know, we, we feel like excluded sometimes. We feel different, you know? Mm-hmm. For sure, um, yeah. What was, what I had a hard time in school. I didn't care. It didn't matter how close I sat to the board. It just did not matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, was, <laughs> what was elementary school like? Um, and, and how did you go to a private or public there in California? Um, so I actually moved. So I was born in San Diego, but I moved to Virginia the middle of my first grade year. All right. So I was in Virginia for all elementary and middle school basically um and it's way less populated than san diego (laughs) and um yeah just really small town and elementary school um are are you talking like vision wise and how kind of that helped like um did with my education or more friendship and social wise let me, so let me start with like classes. Like what was it like in class? Um, did the teachers provide any accommodations or did the state help provide any accommodations in your classrooms or were you homeschooled? Okay. Um, yeah. So I went to public school, my whole education. Um, and I did have accommodations. Um, it was kind of like the, 504 plans I know they they call it different um I have different names kind of in all different countries and part of the world but Mm -hmm. mine was a 504 um blanking on it right now um but yeah it just basically helped me um have different accommodations that I needed I did have large print for a big chunk of my education until I kind of became insecure about it and didn't want to look uh, different or obviously 
kind of need to be separated in a different classroom because sometimes I would take tests in different classrooms, elementary school, or have longer times um, given to me for testing. So I also would always sit up front and sometimes I'd get to choose, like have a friend that I knew sit next to me in case I needed help with something. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So I think that might've been just a perk of a small town and they were just very you know, understanding and took the time to really understand um, and accommodate for me. So I don't, as long as I can remember, um, it wasn't too terrible. I, I also, with my condition, I had, as a cardiac standpoint as well with that. And so I had open heart when I was nine years old or 10 years old. So I was in fourth grade Mm -hmm. and um, I was out for a while from school and all my teachers were really, really accommodating and I had to work from home and um, they just kind of made that transition both to when I had to recover. And then when I went back, very, very easy and Mm -hmm. helpful. So a good experiences um, in that sense, for sure. Um, I do want to touch base on the large print books. I definitely have felt insecure. And yeah. uh, in Miami, where I grew up, it's super hood in Miami. Like, it's just hood. like if you went to school with bootleg shoes, if you went to school with a bad haircut, forget it. Like, like they just won't leave you alone. So I had these mm-hmm. like these Flintstone books that look like they just tore down a, an Amazon rainforest just to print out three volumes of science. <laughs> It was just so bad because I remember my books did not fit into a book bag and you had to carry these like months, these, these books, like, like, I mean, let's be real. Like you weren't thinking about the environment. I mean, I, I appreciate you were thinking about me, but it's just like crazy. And then like, all right, class, I don't know. I don't know about you, but like, all right, let's go to chapter three. Like, and then I got to walk to the class and get like volume 15. Like, all right, this is it. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're bringing back my trauma. Yeah. And I understand. So I get it. So uh, trust me, I understand. So I get it. Yeah. And um, here in the state of Florida, um, I can't, I think, the, so we're originally from Honduras and my family at the time, uh, they found out I have toxoplasmosis where it means um, my retina was not fully developed and is mostly caused by uh, cat feces. So like maybe in, in, maybe doctors now are telling have been telling women for a long time, don't have any domestic cats in the house. And mm-hmm. what it is, it's like a cat feces that has an airborne bacteria affects the woman's womb. Um, and then it, mm-hmm. in my case, it affected the retina. Um, and what's even more interesting about mine is, is not only, I think mine was like the best case scenario because it also leads to mental, I don't know, I don't know how else to say it, but, but it also leads to mental retardation as well. So like, Mm-hmm. it stopped where it stopped. And I was very thankful for that, you know, mm-hmm. and we moved to Miami and, and my mom got, they told my mom, look, there's some state funding here, state resources. We can have like a, they call it a vision teacher. And then she would come into the school to see what accommodations I needed. So I've had everything from like the magnifying sheets. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I've had like the telescope that looked like a pirate. It's like, this, this is, this is not working. Like I would either lose it or my friends want to play with it. <laughs> it just didn't work uh-huh. out. And then, um, I had the large print books as well. And then eventually, um, I wish my parents, uh, I'm going to ask you about your parents too. 
I wish my parents were more involved because during those moments, I felt like I was dumb. Like I just felt like I was stupid. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that I was mm-hmm. it's just I couldn't see the board. And then I and then I acted like I just didn't know. Um, yeah. And my parents just took it, right? My parents, like, you know, like, what are they, you know, they're like, whatever. They're working like 80 hours a week. And and mm-hmm. um, what? how involved were your parents were in your academic career? Because I've heard... I've heard both sides. I'm I'm the other side of the coin where my parents did not advocate for me. And I've mm-hmm. heard other parents who advocated their student like, no, she can see just fine. Like, yeah, she can't see, but that doesn't mean she's not smart. You know, and I've, and I've heard that mm-hmm. argument before. What about yeah. you? Uh, I was really fortunate to have my parents be really involved with um, my academic career and especially early on when I felt like I didn't have a voice for myself because my mom was my biggest advocate. Um, And I guess towards the beginning, I'm not really hundred percent sure like what grade exactly. Um, But when I did start, um, like I I had to see like a visual impairment teacher kind of thing. So maybe that's kind of similar to what you were talking about, but she would take me aside um, and kind of like use or see which different accommodations I would need so like different tools so like the magnifying glasses or um like different colored sheets of paper to kind of like help with the contrast or you know different things like that and I think um it it was a lot for me to kind of go through that at such a young age because I I was too scared to kind of speak up for myself and I didn't, I think, I don't think I knew for myself, like what was helping or what wasn't, or I would feel bad if I said, you know, like I do need a lot of help or I don't, you know? So that was kind of when I think I communicated with my mom, just how those experiences are making me feel um, alongside just with her kind of wanting to be involved herself um, and kind of have an understanding of what was going on with the accommodations and, and just what was happening in school. So I remember that she did start coming to, with me to um, some of those appointments or like the visually impaired, um, visual impairment, like aid or specialist um, that I had in classes or in my schools. Um, and then kind of when that carried on to middle school and later on in high school, um, those meetings that I would have, she would attend to. Um, so yeah, there definitely was a lot of involvement, which I was really grateful for. Um, also just, I guess, a lot of communication. Like if, if I, you know, needed to be closer in the class, I would like tell her and have her tell the teacher because I was too scared to myself. Um, and then I probably would say like halfway through middle school, and then from there on out, um, she just really encouraged me to kind of speak up for myself and um, just communicated that I was my own best advocate and I knew what I needed. So it took a while, but I eventually started to kind of like reach out on my own and go up to the teachers and um, kind of try and communicate what I knew I needed. So it definitely took some time, but it's scary. She, she it? helped me get the. <laughs> It yeah. really is. It really yeah. is. I even me like I'm a guy, right? And you would think I'm a guy and I'm like the this and that. And I just I was just so massively insecure that I did my best to like 
blend in or or just not cause attention but unfortunately i suffered uh i i suffered because of that you know and it, it just took a while like for me to kind of like yeah i think i'm just gonna <laughs> i'm gonna have to tell people like I, I can't I can't do it. Um, yeah. That's awesome. So your mom was that's awesome, by the way, that your mom would even would, would show up to your meetings your one on one meetings with that vision mm-hmm. teacher. And then she would be there. And because it, because that's another reason why I started this podcast, because I'm kind like in my mind, I'm talking to like the 12 year old version of me who had no resource. I had no Roma. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know Roma. I didn't. There was it, it didn't exist. I didn't see a, a person who was visually impaired that was. Oh yeah, look, look at that guy. Look what he's doing. You know, mm-hmm. because unfortunately, the the image that a lot of people have, and this is what I thought too, was I thought I, I may I came across a few where if they were visually impaired, they were either underemployed or unemployed or not much going on or not that dependent, not that independent. So there was a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So, so, so the fact that, um, that you you can voice yourself at a young age. And I will admit it took me maybe until to my late teens or early twenties to do that because I just, I don't know. I just was so insecure about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, me as well. I think it definitely, I'd say the peak of that or kind of when it started was um, even like, I remember, I guess, going into college, but my freshman year, there was one thing and uh, one of my professors and he was having each of us read something off the board, I hate <laughs> like a one by one. And I literally just straight up said, he got to me, he's like, Chelsea. <laughs> and I was like, I can't read that. <laughs> I really can't. I can't do it. And he kind of knew because I also have accommodations at my college. Um, but it was, it just, I don't know. It took a lot. It was a big pill to swallow to get yeah. you to yeah. say that. I know. I know. And it sucks. I know. Um, yeah. Let's, let's say in high school. Um, I don't know. I think I saw a video, correct me if I'm wrong in your feed. Uh, it was like a, like a cool mini doc of you. And um, you currently drive, is that correct? I do, yes. What's what, did you have a hard time in our community? Um, uh, it, it's a it's a big issue with the driver's ed part because a lot of us who go to public schools, they they force us to take driver's ed. It's like, listen, I can't drive. Like like for the state <laughs> of the world, I should yeah. have to be in this class, but the state says I got to be here. So like, so how are we working this out? What was driver's ed for you? <laughs> do you have a problem or not in driver's ed back in the day? Um, so I didn't have any class that I had to take, um, but when, so I was in, I moved back to California by that time, um, from high school. So, um, yeah, I I think they had those classes in Virginia, but not in California. It was kind of like on your own figure. Um, so I, by then I had kind of like this, like, rehabilitation center that kind of like an um this one I'm blanking on the word um just kind of like an assistant to help me with different um like finding out what I want to do with my career and different accommodations and what technology I would need um and they kind of connected us with like a special driver's ed um company person 
-hmm. And so I went to two different people, um, but basically it was like 10 different appointments, 10 different lessons that I had that were way longer. Um, and just the amount of them were way much more than anybody else needed. They usually went to like two or three and then took their test. And I was over here having like 10 lessons. <laughs> um, and yeah, so it was definitely like more extensive and he specialized in um, just like different disabilities and visual impairments as well. So he just kind of, it was definitely helpful because um, he would just kind of tell me like, you know, tips on drifting the car and when to stop and all these kind of like visual cues to help me when I'm driving. Um, and like, blind spots obviously I have a huge one so just mm -hmm. kind of navigating all of these um, difficulties with driving so that was really helpful and then for my driving test itself um, I got my permit no problem and then my driving test because of my visual impairment I had to go on the freeway where everybody else didn't so Oh they God. were just kind of, <laughs> yeah, not intimidating at all. Yeah, right. um, and plus, you know, being a new driver, I didn't really just go on the freeway for fun. Um, so my first test that uh, we got like on the freeway and it was kind of like stop and go. And so I, I kind of knew like what I had to get on the freeway. So it was like every other mm -hmm. Um and I got on and the guy is like, so do you not look over your shoulder when you enter the freeway? And I was like, um, <laughs> I looked in the mirror, but, it, you know, I like I kind of knew when to go. And he automatically failed me because of that. And I, he was like, you would have gotten 100 percent. I was like, well, I also probably would have gone 100 if I didn't have to go on the freeway. But mm -hmm. so that was that um, definitely kind of discouraging and caused a lot of anxiety to retest. Um, but I went back and I got it and it was fine. Um, but I think as of late, I, I have been driving for a while, um, but I have to get my license renewed like every four years instead of six, I think. And I have to take the test instead of people just like resubmitting it online or whatever. So mm. it's definitely more extensive. Um, but I've kind of chosen to take a just because I was really comfortable driving in my small town in California um, where I learned to drive and being in a city um, in Tempe for school. Um, it's just a lot, a lot more people, a lot, just way busier. And just the city itself is very intimidating to drive in. Mm -hmm. So I've decided to kind of take a step back. Um, and before that, I decided to stop driving at night too, because my contact and my glasses were just not working with me. There's a lot of glare and mm -hmm. just for the safety of others, I was like, I don't feel good at all doing this. So now that's kind of also carried over to day driving recently. Um, yeah. let, let me backtrack a little bit. Like the rehab, like um, the assistant driving program you did, was that a program that you had to pay for, for, for that? Uh, or is it the state provided that? Um, I, I'm trying to remember. I think that um, it was kind of like there is some sort of help with that rehabilitation center that I was in. Got it. So I'm not sure if it was like half and half um, or 
what full coverage of that was. I wasn't fully aware, but I know that the center itself definitely helped with that. Got it. So, because I looked into one, um, um, I don't know if you've heard of the term, but bioptic driving, like these glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And I looked at a center and I remember it was like, all right, you got to come through with your own car. And it was like 10 grand or something. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of money. And (laughs) yeah, (laughs) but awesome. So you did that and then you, you, they failed you, unfortunately, but you, you passed again and congrats on that. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I think my Instagram post was like, doctor said I wouldn't be able to walk, but here I am. And it was like me jumping next to the DMV. Nice. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's that's so awesome because that's such an inspiring thing because I know me personally, I have never driven because they told me I couldn't drive. And mm-hmm. even though the bioptic driving is an option, I think I will admit there's not a lot of things that I'll, I'll let um, anxiety or fear get me. But I feel like the I, for me, driving does give me so much anxiety. Like I'm actually mm-hmm. scared of it. Like I really am eventually, yeah. but, and then, and I kind of wonder, should I, because for the sake of, could I do it or should I not for the safety of myself and other people? <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know, and that's a serious honestly, thing. Honestly, that's been, so after, uh, I think that like documentary type video you were referring to was when I was talking about that, uh, my genetic condition and I connected with a lot of people in that community after, yeah. and they all have like a, just a whole different spectrum of like different, you know, like what that condition has done for them or means for them. Um, but a lot of the people were saying like, they don't, they generally just don't feel comfortable driving for the safety of others. And yeah. that kind of, I don't know if that like affected me or got to me or just made me feel more comfortable to say no I don't really know what the case is I haven't really dove into that myself but I just I guess I just felt understood by people and kind of like comfortable to be like it's okay to you know um not be comfortable with something basically yeah Yeah. because everybody else I knew drove and had no problem (laughs) so they would fail for other reasons but they still you know that's awesome um now when you're in high school did you have a sense of what career you wanted to do what major in college that you wanted but you found that that your vision did not allow you to pursue x career or 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 Um, was it relevant for a while, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Okay. Um, I think a lot of, uh, like, towards kind of the end of high school, it was fashion. But mm-hmm. I knew that um, sewing wasn't really going to be okay. the, the greatest thing. Um, yeah. And I, I took a class my senior year, and it was just so stressful for me. Like, I dreaded going to, it was only one portion of the sewing part for that class. but every day like it was really stressful and anxiety provoking um and that was kind of discouraging I guess because um and I guess it also carries on into college because it wasn't until um 
a semester or two ago where I switched over from fashion because I started with a sewing class and like fashion construction. And the, I only went to one day and it was so stressful for me because I couldn't see to put the needle through the sewing machine. And then oh, like everybody was like, obviously everyone was at different levels and had different experience, but we had to like sew our name into this kind of like fabric and mine was terrible. And the professor came over and like almost started laughing. Like she was like, Oh, like not really. That's not really <laughs> like you'll get there. And I was like, this is terrible. Like, it was, it was really discouraging. So I didn't take that class for the semester, but I had to in order to get the major. And I honestly, I guess I kind of feel like if that wasn't a requirement, because I even tried to fight it and was like, do I really have to take this class? And reached out to my advisor and my um, accommodation assistant assistant um and they're like yeah you have to there's no like we can work with you to get through the class but you have to take it it's a requirement so I don't know if that would have changed anything of me wanting to stay in fashion but it it definitely caused some sort of a lot of like anxiety um to just and discouragement so in 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 so let, let me touch on that for a moment in like the sewing class, is that mostly what it is? Is it just the needle, the the thread inside the needle? What was stressful? Was that, or there were more things? Yeah. So, I actually before that class, um, I went to like a family friend of mine to because she's a really good sewer and she kind of helped me like one on one instruction and I felt it was a little stressful but I felt a little better just giving me kind of some tips and whatnot. But the main difficulty was like threading the needle through the sewing machine and it starts like just a whole process and you have to like make sure everything and if if one thing is not done correctly then you won't be able to sew properly Mm. so it was just yeah just very just that and then also being able to um just like there are so many different lines and arrows and all these kind of things when you're sewing your fabric. And so I had to like really like look close and get in there and kind of like, obviously it was obvious that I needed to like be very close up and just kind of like all up in there to make sure I knew what I was doing and it was, I was sewing properly. So Mm -hmm. I guess it, it just definitely felt like I was different because of that or I needed more assistance because of that. You know, I, I'm going to put you on, uh, you let me know. I want to put you on to uh, 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 another person who was a great guest on the show, DJ B. I don't know if you heard her, her stuff. Uh, I don't think so. Oh, today's her birthday. And she, she's, um, what she has? She has Stargars. And, okay. and she's a DJ. She's a straight yeah. up, she just, comp- she just uh, graduated college. She's a DJ now, paid DJ. And we were talking about her DJ stuff. She was like, it was so hard for me because there was no manual. There was nothing. Mm -hmm. There was nothing for me how to learn these controls. So she literally um, would take her phone and then just like zoom into everything and just played with everything to the point where she Mm -hmm. memorized all the controls on her DJ set. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, her. St- I'll send you her story. Yeah. And if you like, I'll connect with you with her. But she's a perfect example to what you're saying was 
there were no resources for her to even do what she's doing. Mm-hmm. She just had to do it somehow. Like, and that's what she wanted. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but I'll send that's you. That's definitely the case for a lot of things. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> um, oh, and I also want to ask you in fashion. So is there a specific brand or designer that you like? Or fashion designer or anything? Um, I really like Stella McCartney. She's mm-hmm. like an all vegan, cruelty-free uh, designer. And I'm vegan myself. So I just really, really like um, her meaning and her drive and her purpose behind her collection and her clothes. Um, like, I guess, project uh, last semester uh, based on, I hope I don't say it wrong. It's like Chaparelli. Okay. Um, and it's kind of like a who like haute couture All right. brand, so like very luxury. Um, okay. But I feel it, his like any video that you watch or just any collection is really 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 cool. Um, and just has like different like one of his collections were all based on like a, a key like a golden key, and he incorporated that into all of his designs um, and every single collection that he put out or like every single design that he put out in that collection every single piece there we go <laughs> who was this again who was that designer the last one um i don't know i forget his first name but it's chaparelli okay like, yeah yeah okay. i'll look it up <laughs> okay. and um there's another um like I said, I don't seem to type, but I do like it. There's another documentary uh, I'll send it to you. It's really nice. It's called The Last Emperor. Um, it's about okay. Val- Valentino. Um, and mm-hmm. he was like basically one of the last in his generation. And his generation was, you know, with Armani and Cavalli. And and so Valentino, basically, uh, he's he's retired. The brand of Valentino is owned by this um, this other Italian firm that owns all these little luxury brands and it's interesting because he he he's an artist right he just only cared about making the dresses and he's been bankrupt before and then his Mm. partner is a business partner like valentino doesn't know where the money goes he has no idea all he cares about is that people wear his dress and it shows up to fashion week and that's all he cares about (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's a really nice uh documentary because the the reason why i like it i grew up with that because my grandmother used to be a seamstress too and and mm-hmm. you, you can just hear the details of when he looks at a dress mm-hmm. and how he examines it. It's just so amazing, like how detailed he is. Yeah, yeah, that would be really cool to watch. Um, so got it. So so you had a few things. So sewing was was a difficult thing, and then um, what about what about um college? Did did the did your vision? affect any decision of where you would want to go to college or that was not relevant at all um I wouldn't say not necessarily um I guess the biggest factor was just uh, my doctors that I was seeing okay and kind of the distance that where I'd be going to college um if that would affect that so um also my sister my one of my um older sisters goes to arizona state um and so i guess there was some comfort in knowing that like i would have family here um and that my parents weren't too far away in california until they moved um 
effects, but I wouldn't say like anything drastically affected that. I think I did look into all the kind of different disability accommodations and centers that the schools had and Arizona State had a really good one. Um, So there was also comfort in that, but I wouldn't say anything like drastically affected. Got it. Yeah. Um, let me move on to uh, phone or devices. What do you what What's your uh, phone that you use? You use like an Apple, an Android, or a BlackBerry? Yeah, <laughs> I use <laughs> I use Apple. Apple, got it. And yeah. you use Apple because you like Apple. Or are there any accessib- accessibility features on there that you like, or do you use at all? Um, definitely being able to kind of tweak with the large text. Yeah. Um, I don't think I, I don't know what I have that right now, but if I ever am like recovering from surgery or, um, my, like have, I have an issue with my contact and can't wear it. I have to kind of amp up the text because yeah. <laughs> I'm going to really strain my eyes. Um, there are, there are also like a lot of speech to text kind of yeah. things. Um, so I don't have anything like that. Um, and I'm not, yeah, I guess I just haven't really looked into it or tried it myself, but I think knowing that they're there kind of helps too. Like if I ever want to be able to use that or yeah, go into using it. I'm Yeah, no, I, I asked because uh, I think in our community, I would say maybe 90, maybe 98% of us use Apple products because of those uh, vision accessibilities, not just the mm-hmm. phone, but iPad and a computer. Mm-hmm. You know, because they have like, for example, for me at work, um, people, <laughs> when people got to come to my desk and then they got to, they're like, can you do this? Like, I feel like I get them dizzy and they might throw up because <laughs> I zoom in and out so quick on different windows. Like, I can't see mm-hmm. this. Just send me an email. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, um, but yeah, I use that. Okay, cool. Um, my My other question is, in terms of driving, uh, like the way cars are coming out, they're so amazing. Like some of them are almost self-driving. Um, mm-hmm. Do you find like, are there any types of cars or any technology in cars that you like, oh, this would be so helpful if I had this uh, while driving, et cetera? Um, I would definitely say, I know there are some cars that have this and I kind of stopped my search once I took a step back from driving. But there are some like steer control. So if your car like feels you drifting to another lane, it'll kind of the steering wheel will go back. Yeah. Um, and like revert the car back into the lane to go straight. Also, um, it's like an auto and it like stops itself if um you're getting too close to another car that's in front of you and the car will stop. I feel like that would be helpful. Um I had this in my mom's car when I was driving hers. Um, but if I had like my blinker on to switch lanes and there would be like a little sensor, like a little thing that would light up um, that would indicate that the a car is next to you, but then it'd start beeping if your blinker was on and you were trying to turn. Okay. So that was really helpful. And then there were like different mirrors that I could switch out. Um, either on the side mirrors or like a large back, um, back mirror 
to be able to just give better visibility. So definitely accommodations like that that I've experienced that have helped um, or would help for sure. Nice. Cool. Yeah, because I've seen more and more. Um, I, I had a, a last year I had a, a nice guest on her name was Sheila. And one of her biggest things was she wants a Tesla car because of all the, <laughs> and we were talking uh, about it and she was like, yeah, I want a Tesla car and this and that. And we were just, we were just talking about it. And then, and, I, and I'm like, bro, speak that, you know, speak it to existence. You'll get the car, you'll get it. And then yeah. so awesome. She, and then she eventually got a paid internship with Tesla. <laughs> what? Oh my gosh. So cool. Like she's there in California now and, and it's awesome, you know, that, wow. that there and and she's there seeing it firsthand. I'm seeing like they're testing out these cars. Like I know Google is and Tesla, um, for example, I think in Las Vegas and I think in Arizona, I could have sworn, I think in Arizona where they have a, it's like a minivan and they pick up uh, at the time when they're doing this test, it was high school kids. And it would only take them around like a perimeter, like, like it was like the high school and maybe uh, the gym and maybe like a, uh, some other, maybe the movie theaters. Like that's all the perimeter was. And then there were, mm-hmm. there were really surveys there about, do you like this? Oh yeah, absolutely. I can text now and I don't have to worry about it. And then like, would you mm-hmm. still get a license? Honestly, I probably won't get a license anymore. <laughs> this is the case. I don't mind this thing picking me up and dropping me off and I can be on my phone and I'm good. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. That's interesting. Um, yeah. And um, I really appreciate your time today. And, and did you forget it was a podcast? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's just fun to just talk. And yeah, it didn't feel like a podcast, really. Um, this is, uh, uh, so a few more questions. I know you're mad busy today. And I don't want to take all your time today. Um, in our community, we also have this one stigma where we don't look blind mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry i don't have a dog and if you're blind supposedly why are you looking at your phone and texting someone um mm-hmm. have you come across anyone who has not been educated on you know like in our community and it, have you been accused of or like saying that you're lying or <laughs> you know what i mean are you saying in in the community or outside outside like has someone said you know you're you're oh, okay. like, oh, I can't see the board. Like, what are you talking about? I just saw you text on the phone. <laughs> I think I have experienced that. I can't think of any specific instances firsthand um, or like off the top of my head. But yeah, I mean, sometimes I'll get, I, I don't know if this is like exactly the same, but people are like, you're looking so close to your phone or like, um, like, you are always like so close to anything that like you're trying to like talk to or like when you're writing like all these kind of things like kind of calling them out and like, <laughs> as if I didn't know already thank you yeah. but um I definitely have experienced that I know what you're talking about for okay. sure people like they see me do one thing but then I ask for help for something else yeah. you know and they kind of don't understand that connection or that inconsistency i guess but that's not for them to understand because know. you know we don't ask them why they're doing one thing and then need help with another so yeah. definitely case by case there's there's this other young lady that i had she's so funny she lives in virginia 
eventually I had to say, what What are you guys drinking or smoking in Virginia? Because like, it sounds like you're so hostile. So she has a cane <laughs> and she walks around and then and people are like straight up to her. It's like, you better not hit me with your cane. I'm tired of all you fake ass blind people coming out here and blah, blah, blah. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh, but I was laughing. I was like, and then, but it was like more than one instance that she's telling me. I was like, mm-hmm. like what, what's going on with the place? You're, what, like, yeah. like, where are you living at that people are like this? You know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, but gotcha. But it's like, it's some of it I kind of like laugh at because there's nothing else mm-hmm. you can like laugh about it, but like, but yeah. yeah. Definitely. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking about that. And all right, cool. So um, a few more questions and I really appreciate it, Chelsea. So it's been definitely worth the wait. Oh, <laughs> I'd agree. Um, so I ask every guest like these last three questions and just to know what you like. And um, I'm always curious, like what people are reading, listening and movies, because, you know, obviously there's so many great things out there that I'm missing. Um mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite book that you like to read or recommend or the, uh, to people? Um, I haven't read in a while, <laughs> but I do like reading once I find a good book. I know. Um, when you have the time, I know. Yeah, it just takes a bit. There is kind of, it's not like, like sit down and read it, but it's kind of like a, like a um, self-help book in a way, but it's about like the law of attraction. Um, okay. And it's called the I Am Journal. Oh, cool. And so it's just like every morning and every night it has a section for you. In the morning, it's like, what is your burning desire for the day? Oh, and then perfect. what are um, action, like intentional actions that will help you reach that yeah. desire and how will you feel when you do this and then affirmations for yourself and then That's at night cool. it's like affirmations and what do you three things are you grateful for today and yeah. how did you feel getting the, your burning desire today and then oh, cool. something else like that yeah so really an interesting it's not like it is a book but it's not like a sit down and read kind of thing it's called i am journal yeah the i am journal cool yeah, I have a, a journal similar to that. It's called the Five Minute Journal, and same oh, thing. Nice. It gives me a quote, and then three things I'm grateful for. Um, because you know, like, and it's it's I've been doing this since 2016, I think. And because, like, yeah, like sometimes you wake up, and I have, I'm so upset. I'm like, I'm so annoyed. I'm so frustrated. I'm late, and then like, mm-hmm. and then and then yeah, and then you forget to be grateful for. I don't know. Like sometimes, sometimes it'll be so things that are so simple, like, like you just take for granted. I'm so happy I have clean clothes today. And I'm happy that I can afford a, a, a three, $4 kombucha if I wanted to get it, you know? And yeah. You, you know, it's just things like that, that we just completely like, there's another woman that I follow. She's in a wheelchair. She has to use like this, almost like this exoskeleton suit just so she can stand up and cook. Mm. You know, and it's like, and just things like, so it's a great book that it, because they've, they've done studies where you can't be mad and grateful at the same time. So it kind of forces you to like, okay, mm-hmm. right, boom. Um, it gives me, it, it says, write an affirmation, which I do. What would make today great? I'm like, if I can get here on time, it'd be great. <laughs> and, uh, but that's, that's awesome that, that uh, you have that and, and you do that. So I, I, I understand. I got you. 
Yeah, it's definitely helpful. Definitely keeps you grounded throughout the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. you have a favorite movie that you love watching as a kid or now or that you recommend, like, oh my god, I just saw this, you gotta watch it, anything like that? Um I'm trying to think. Um <laughs> I don't know why I'm so bad at like the, the simplest question. No, no worries. <laughs> um why I like I feel like I have so many that I can think of, but well, I can't well, think of it right now. <laughs> I just I'm so bad at the, the names of them. Um I'm trying to think of like a movie that I got a lot from out of. Um <laughs> I've seen a lot of movies. If you describe it, I bet I can get it. Um and it doesn't have, like like it doesn't have to be like oh my god like I'll tell you like one of my favorite movies is probably like Elf. <laughs> yeah, you know. So don't worry about like whatever like you know or Home Alone. Home Alone is like awesome. Oh, Home Alone is really good. Yeah. Um. Okay, there was I forget what it's called. It's like my friend Ted or something like that. Like our friend and then a name. Um, and it's it's really sad, but it also I feel like has a lot of meaning to it. And it's just about um, this uh, woman who gets diagnosed with cancer and then her like best friend moves in with like her family to take care of her and like um, her kids as the husband is like taking care of the wife. And it just kind of shows like how humble someone can be and he just basically like stopped his life and his job and everything to take care of his friend. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there were just a lot of different, um, just different things that I got out of it. That was really, really powerful. And it, it was sad, but I just feel like the different positivity throughout the movie kind of like, kind of helped um, to get a lot of out of it and walk away from watching that with a lot learned so mm-hmm. i'll probably say that as of recently but oh, cool and yeah. it was my name is ted or my name is <laughs> it's like i forget his name but it said like my friend <laughs> whatever his name was okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling you i'm really bad at names <laughs> or like remembering titles <laughs> Um, is I can try to look at it. New? It's pretty new. Our friend is is it my friend Damar? Damar? Oh, it's just called our friend. Or our friend. Yeah. Our, there we go. <laughs> our friend, got you. So, so basically, it's about someone who was diagnosed with cancer. And oh, I see it. Our friend. It got an eighty-five on Rotten Tomatoes, so it is pretty good, I would say. <laughs> oh, so it came out twenty nineteen. Got it. Yeah. It was a pretty recent. Okay, cool. Uh, it's seeming yeah. after Nicole and Matthew receive life-altering news, the couple find unexpected support from their friend Dane, who puts his who puts his own life on hold to move into their family home oh that's cool Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's really neat okay i'm gonna look this up then (laughs) well thank you very much
yeah. perfect cool and so and uh, i know movies are hard because there's so many great movies in every genre and do you mm-hmm. like any genre do you like comedy or horror or action or romance or documentaries um i like documentaries um i also really like just inspirational movies um comedies are always good some horror but it has to depend on what it is got it also i just thought of one but you probably have gotten this answer before but the documentary crip camp have you heard of that never heard of that no it's uh it's on netflix and it's about um the like the push for um but it just kind of goes along like the history and the story of this camp um, that was open for people with disabilities and the connection that they made and then how they um moved um or just the movement that they had in order to get rights for them and uh, equality for people with disabilities so got it really really interesting movie um definitely recommend that cool yeah i just found the crit camp cool yeah yeah super cool movie okay yeah and um yeah i'm so so i i got a i got a weekend now of movies uh-huh. <laughs> in, in, in any inspirational movies anything there you said that you like um There is um, <laughs> like on the name with this too. Yeah, no words. <laughs> it's about uh, it might be like the caregiver, I think, um, and it's about this guy who needs a caregiver, um, and it's like really picky, basically. Oh, it's um, the heart. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The I name. really like that movie. Yeah, that's also. Just- I think the fundamental. Mm. of caring or something have you heard of that one no fundamentals something like that i swear i mean yeah the fundamentals of caring that one is also um i i mean yeah i i don't know if they're like titled as inspirational movies but i just think maybe it's relatable to someone with a disability but it's also um is a really i guess you're able to kind of learn a lot from it. Got um, it. Got so it. those few are pretty good. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what about music? Do you have a favorite genre of music or artists or an album that you just love or been just has been on your playlist lately? My music type is really odd. <laughs> okay. I um I like all different types, I would say, but the most or my favorite are like folk and indie. Um, or like kind of like indie pop I guess but also it'll switch over to like some types of EDM (laughs) so it's more just like I guess instrumental and um like yeah just like it it doesn't even have to have words it's just or even like um some kind of foreign songs too (laughs) I just really like um like just the music i guess and not it doesn't have to have all these words to it just kind of like feeling the music yeah so yeah those are some of my favorite genres but awesome. i i definitely now have to put you on to britney because she's an <laughs> dj <laughs> okay oh yeah. 
yeah um, that'd be really cool to connect i do love all types of music because like i can go like um let's say in the mornings uh like this is this is how this is how how wide it goes maybe in the morning i'll listen to a marilyn manson album and i'm like just going all out on it and then there is a station on spotify that i like it's like indie covers which is awesome you know cover like mm-hmm. all these great indie uh Ooh. songs in indie is really cool and then uh last night before bed um um there on youtube is great i was listening to um they have like old oldie musics from like the 40s and 50s and then mm-hmm. you can kind of listen to like how because sometimes it's just nice to see how things were playing so i completely understand like it's hard to put it uh people just you know the, you have different tastes but it's like hard mm-hmm. to put it in one lane so i completely understand yeah yeah That's awesome. um <laughs> well i really appreciate you for being on today oh yeah thank you so much for having me and for uh, waiting to finally be able to schedule something that worked for both of us. Appreciate yeah, it. Um, and if I, if people wanted to connect with you, find you, reach out, where can we send them? Uh, my Instagram probably is um, the most active thing that I use. It's just Chelsea Lang, um, C-H-E-L-S-E-A-L-A-N-G-G. <laughs> um, yeah, and then if anybody wants to connect further from there, then... Got you. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate it. Um, so don't hang up just yet, well, but I really okay. appreciate you for being on. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. It was really nice talking to you. Yeah, likewise. Um, so I'll put all the show notes, like all your social media um, links in the show notes so people can get you. And okay. um, yeah, so don't hang up just yet. And thank you so much for being on. Thank you.